So the challenges of life knock courage out of us. And to encourage means to put courage into someone. And so we're going to hope to do that for you today. Because every human being on our planet needs encouragement. It's been called the oxygen of the soul. When I did part one of this message, I heard people say, I need oxygen. I'm dying for lack of encouragement. And there are people here today that are struggling with a lack of encouragement. It's been called the vitamins of the human spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. I told you about the Roman army, became one of the most powerful armies ever to walk on the face of the earth. And the reason for it was the Paracletos. The Paracletos were men that would walk alongside the soldiers as they marched. And as they marched, they would sing to them songs of victory. They would speak to them words of encouragement. They would remind them of past victories that they had won. And as a result of that, the Roman army became one of the most powerful armies in the entire world because of the paracletos. Imagine in your life, if you always had a couple of people around you every day, constantly encouraging you, telling you how good you were, the victories you've won in the past, speaking words of encouragement. How many of you reckon you'd do a lot better in life? I mean, it is a game breaker and we all need that in our lives. So across all our campuses, we need to develop an incredibly strong culture of encouragement in church unlimited. The reason is we're called to be a powerful army that's going to shake nations, impact community, transform cities, bring in a multitude of souls into the kingdom of God. But with that, we're going to face battles. We're going to face challenges. You can't take on the enemy and expect it to be an easy ride. So we need a massive environment of encouragement in Church Unlimited. We need our own paracletos walking alongside each one of us, encouraging us to win the battles, to reach New Zealand and beyond. We've been singing that song, This Is How I Fight My Battles. One way to fight your battles is encouragement. One way to fight other people's battles for them is to encourage them in Jesus' name. We can all do that. So let's look at when is discouragement common? Firstly, after a great victory. Remember, we mentioned to you about Elijah became discouraged after calling down the fire on Mount Carmel and slaying the prophets of Baal. I mean, this is the highest point of his life. The next chapter, he's wanting to take his life. He said, God, I've had enough. Take my life. And you're thinking, what? Hey, hold on a minute. You're a mighty prophet of God. You just moved in the power of God like few men ever have. And now you want to end your life. Beware, after a high comes a low. If you've had a real high in some area of your life or you've just qualified or just got a, a won something or something good has happened, be careful because the enemy is going to come in and try and discourage you. But also, in contrast to that, it's before a great victory, before a great blessing. So sometimes when there's something good going to happen in your life and God's just getting you ready for a, a breakthrough, an answer, or, or something happened, that's often when the enemy knows what's going to happen. So he comes in with all his armory. All is discouragement. Every demon from hell is arrayed against you because Satan knows you're about to have a great breakthrough. So if you're going through a dark, dark time at the moment, it's good news in some ways because the chances are there's a new day dawning. There's a breakthrough coming and God is going to lift you up and take you forward in your walk with him. But there's another time discouragement is common is that was with exhaustion. When you push yourself too hard for too long, there's a great danger of discouragement. 
Because the emotional drain is taxing. That's one reason God created a Sabbath. Rest. At least one day, you did rest. One day, you need to rest. And that's God orchestrated that. And if you don't do it, the emotional drain, the physical drain, there's a close connection between your physical well-being and your emotional well-being and your spiritual well-being. So exhaustion can lead you into discouragement. What some of you need is a good sleep, a good snooze. Not all of you. Some of you need to get up out of your bed and do something. But others of you need a break. You know, someone like, I, I just need to play more golf. Just chill out and relax. Mind you, that's not always that relaxing. It can be quite draining, actually, playing golf. But, you know, we've got to give ourselves rest. You cannot just keep going and going and going, you know. And I just would want to throw out a word for mums here today. If you're a mother, there's a danger that you, if you've got younger kids, you start early in the morning, you go through the day, and you're still late at night, and you go, 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 go. Sometimes you've got to somehow work it. I'm not sure. I'm not offering to help you, by the way. But <laughs> somehow you need to try and get it. But what I'm saying is guard yourself. Yeah. You know, have a stop. Take a chance to stop to replenish and renew yourself. And maybe you need to pray and ask God or someone to help you to do that as well. All right. So what are the dangers of discouragement? Because a lot of us get discouraged. Well, the first one is we lose energy and we lose motivation. You know, when you're discouraged, you, you just, it's, it's harder to get out of bed. It's harder to tackle that project. It's harder to, to do things in your life because you feel discouraged. Well, they did a study using children on the effects of discouragement. And uh, so what the psychologists hooked wires and sensors up to these children. Think of your own children right now, all right? Think of them if you've got some. Young or old, doesn't matter. And so what they, then they used, used encouraging words and gestures, and they used discouraging words and gestures. And this is what they discovered, that with encouraging words, the kid's energy rose up. It increased. But with discouraging words and gestures, the kid's energy would drop, but watch this, immediately and dramatically. If your kids are struggling with energy and motivation, just do a little check as to how much encouragement You've been pouring into their lives. Because kids get encouraged, just like, discouraged, just like we do. And they said that for every, another survey said for every um, uh, negative word or for every, sorry, let's get this right. For every negative word or, if, you know, for every, yeah, for every negative word, I've got this right now, you need four positives. Yeah. For every discouragement, you need four encouragements. Yeah. So that's what your kids need. That's what you need. That's what we need. That's how God has made us and created us. See, with discouraging words, we lose energy. It's been said that words of encouragement are the necessary building blocks by which we construct each other's lives. Do you know that God's called you to construct the lives of people around you? To build their lives? And you do it with words of encouragement. But if the words of encouragement are not there, friends, we can destruct people's lives. And I want to suggest to you that you and I actually have a great responsibility before God to encourage the people God puts in our world. Because who else is going to do it? 
Why has God brought them into your world? To encourage them, to construct their lives. Because the more encouraged they are, the more they're going to fulfill what God has called them to do and called them to be. So let's own this responsibility that God has given all of us. I'm going to show you a slide now that is going to absolutely shock you unless you've seen it before. It's youth statistics on suicide, teen suicides. So it's the number of suicides per 100,000 people. Guess which nation has the worst statistic among all these nations that have been listed in the world? It is our own country, New Zealand. I saw that and I thought, wow, what is this? So I thought, well, I wonder what the United Kingdom is like. You go right up the top, they're number about six. They probably about have five per 100,000. We have about 23. So we were, I, saw, I thought we've got to beat Australia. So I checked out Australia. No, they're about two-thirds of the way down, but they get less than 10, and we're 23. Even the United States, where they all have guns, are far better than we are. Friends, we have a problem on our hands. Let's stand together, please, and I can have the keyboard back. That would be fantastic, and the drummer would be awesome because I want to give you one minute. Come on, let's all stand everywhere, and I want you to just to start to pray and to cry out to God and say, God, would you stop the suicide rate? Would you reduce it in New Zealand in Jesus' name? Come on, cry out to God. Friends, we got to do something about this. we got to bring change. we got to bring transformation in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Let's give us some volume, team. Spirit of God. Spirit of God, we cry out to you. We cry out to you, God. Father, by your Spirit, Father, by your Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, as your people, as Church Unlimited, we declare war on teen suicide. And we declare that the statistics drop dramatically in New Zealand in the whole area of teen suicide. Father, would you work a miracle? Would you give us a breakthrough? Would you do something amazing and astounding? And we declare in Jesus' name that we'll be one of the best countries with the least teen suicides in the world in Jesus' name. We're going to do a declaration right now. We're going to, we declare teen suicides drop dramatically in New Zealand. Who's up for this? And then the drum's going to go crazy like never before. Like never before. All right, how's those muscles? Strong? Teen suicides are going to dramatically reduce in New Zealand. You ready? Let's go. Teen suicides will dramatically reduce in New Zealand. Teen suicides will dramatically reduce in New Zealand. Teen suicides will dramatically reduce in New Zealand. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. Friends, we've got to do this. You know, society can't change this. They can have all the systems in place but it needs the power of God. It needs you, it needs me, it needs our prayers. And one of the ways we can reduce teen suicide is encouragement. 
We need to encourage these young people at every opportunity. You say, yeah, but they're living terrible lives. They're, they're doing this and they're sinning and they're barely in church. Forget all that, friends. Encourage them anyway. Believe in them anyway. Stand beside them anyway. It does, you know, one of the reasons they're doing all those things is probably because of a lack of encouragement. So friends, we've got we to stand with this next generation. We've got to stand with every generation. But we're talking specifically now about teen suicide. We've got to put a stop to this, friends. We've got to change the statistics. How many of you reckon we can change the statistics for our country? There's about 20 of us. When the rest of us get on board, it's going to happen. Second thing that happens is we run away from our responsibilities when we're discouraged. It's amazing, eh? After Elijah was discouraged, he ran away and he hid in a cave. 1 Kings 99, he went into a cave, spent the night in that place. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? When we get discouraged, friends, we go and hide. Maybe in the garage. Maybe in a cave. May not even be in a physical place, but we know we're hiding. We're just backing away because we're discouraged. We kind of don't want to be at the front line anymore. We just want to step back and slow down and run away from our responsibilities. Awesome. <laughs> Just be careful when you're discouraged. Yeah. Don't run away from your responsibilities. Yeah, You've got to keep hanging in there and doing what God's called you to do in the natural and the spiritual, whatever area it might be. We just keep on doing it. And one other thing, can I just say that you guard against when you're discouraged is a bad attitude. Yeah. You know, they're not treating me right. And, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that. And life's unfair. And we, we get a bad attitude. The moment you get a bad attitude, deal with it. Deal with it. Come on, tell the person next to you, deal with it. Yeah. Don't leave it, friends. It is a killer. It is a killer, friends. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, life flows. When your heart goes, your life goes. Friends, when your heart goes, your, 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 your future goes with it. You've got to guard your heart with every ounce of strength that you've got. Do not let bad attitudes get in. It doesn't matter how discouraged you are. And what's worse than that is you can go and do something stupid when you're discouraged. I read a true story about this man. He was really, really deeply discouraged. He's driving somewhere down the North Island, and he sees his farm for sale, drives up the driveway, and he buys the farm on the spot. It was a total, utter, complete disaster. Friends, when you're discouraged, do not make major decisions. Wait till the clouds have cleared and you can see a bit more clearly moving forward. But then also there is the danger of backsliding. If you don't backslide, you just start sitting in the back row. Like not literally the back row, but you take a back seat in terms of you don't serve God like you used to. Some people do that. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort, encourage one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We're not, we're, not, we're not encouraged. There's a danger of sin creeping into our lives. It's almost like it a, gets a foothold into us. And it's a deceitful thing. And before we know it, we're backsliding. We're, we're you know, just losing our fire for God. And it says encourage one another daily. You know, some of you say, yeah, but I encouraged my wife. I encouraged her last year. No, no, no. 
Or I encouraged my kids last week. No, no, friends, daily, daily. And I want to say, start in your home. Start with your family. Start with your husband, your wife, your kids. Encourage them. They are your first responsibility. Some of us can spend all our time encouraging the rest of the world. We forget our own immediate family that are desperately needing our encouragement. Don't get too excited about that. But it's so important, isn't it? Daily. So take every opportunity you can to encourage. Don't miss one opportunity. Okay, so now where are we going to find encouragement? Yeah, Pastor, got you talk about it, but hey, nothing ever encourages me. No one ever encourages me. Well, the first place you're going to find it is the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is parakletos? It's that same word about with the Roman army. And it means encourager. So some would go as far as saying that the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit is encouragement. To encourage you, to encourage me, to encourage God's people. And so I remember some years ago, I, this is quite a number of years ago, where I was deeply, deeply discouraged. I don't know what was going on so long ago, I can't remember what it was, but it was really bad. And I remember getting up one morning, I thought, oh man, God, I'm just about done. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there. God, I, I think, I, I, I don't know how to keep going. And I just said, Holy Spirit, you've got to do something. You've got to encourage me. And I don't even know what happened, but all I can say was that within about 20 minutes, the discouragement was gone. And I was back on the horse and chasing after God again. Yeah. Friends, the Holy Spirit is the greatest encourager of all. So what you need to do is develop your relationship with him. See, the Holy Spirit's a person. You, know, you say, no one encourages me. Well, hold on, the Holy Spirit's a person. And he can encourage you, and he's ready to encourage you, and he will encourage you, friends. But you know, you have to ask him to encourage you. Have you done that? You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so often we just don't ask. That's why that verse is in the Bible. You know the story of Yongi Cho? He got saved and he was radically healed of a, a, a tuberculosis, could have taken his life. And you know, a few years later, I don't know how many years later, he said, God, well, why didn't you heal me on my bladder? You know what God said to him? He said, you never asked. Wow. I promise you there are things in your life, problems you've got that you have not asked God about. There may be 50, but you've asked him about 49, but there's one you haven't asked him about. And you're wondering why it's not changing. Ask, ask friends, and you shall receive, develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the greatest encourager on the planet. And you know what the good news is? You know, you you can uh, try and uh, get, the good news is that the Holy Spirit is available 24-7. He's available to you at two o'clock in the morning when you're lying in bed in the pit of despair. If you're married, you might elbow your wife or your husband to, and wake them up, you probably end up with a thick air. Leave me alone, I'm sleeping. But friends, the Holy Spirit is available 24-7. Every hour of every day, every moment of every week, He's available to you to encourage you. You don't have to continue any longer in total discouragement. Ask the Holy Spirit. Cry out to Him. He is a paracletos. He is the greatest encourager on the planet. I stamped to give it authority. They said, when your point is weak, shout louder. People can encourage us, but encouragement must be spoken. 
Told you last time, it doesn't do any good just to think good thoughts about a person. You've got to tell them. Otherwise, it's like buying a gift for somebody. You never give it to them. How many of you know that's a waste of time? So if you have good thoughts about people and you don't tell them, it's a bit of a waste, to be honest. Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are in the power of the tongue. See, words of encouragement actually breathe life into people. Imagine that. When you say a word of encouragement, you just breathe the life of God, I'd like to say, into that person. And of course, in contrast, when you speak words of discouragement, you suck the life out of people. As someone famously said, if you've got nothing good to say, shut up. Thank you. You know, it takes very little to encourage someone. Five seconds. I was on the door on the way out at the first service. And one person went past me and they said, awesome message. Took them, what, two seconds. Two seconds. That's all it takes, friends. A moment. And you change a person's life. Was I encouraged by that? You better believe I was encouraged by that. See, everyone needs massive encouragement. But it does take a little bit of courage on our part to encourage someone else. Like you kind of, oh, well, who am I to say anything? Well, you're made in the image of God. You've got every ability to say something. So I want to encourage you to develop the encouragement muscle in your life. See, everything's a muscle, isn't it? You know, there's an encouragement muscle. What's your encouragement muscle like? You know, develop it into a mighty bicep. You know, just, you know, bicep like mine. You know, that, you know, I can't, if I put this right up, this would just, I'd burst through the whole uh, sleeve. So I got to just, I can only go that far. I can feel it now already. It's just, oh man, it's amazing. It's amazing. But hey, develop your encouragement bicep. Make it grow. Get it bigger. And guess what? People will flock to you like a, like a honey. They'll flock to you. They'll just run all around you because everyone's desperate for encouragement. You'll become a very popular person if you do that. So encourage guest speakers. Well, in fact, encourage all speakers. So many of you came and you thought Shane Willard. How many of you thought Shane Willard was really good last couple of weeks? Yeah, just about everyone. Well, did you tell him? I'm going to wait five minutes on that. Did you tell him? There's no point thinking how great he was if you don't tell him. It's, 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 it just has no impact. You tell all your friends how good he was. Tell him. Tell the person that needs to hear it. Someone's done something good and you've seen it. Go and tell them. I think we have a responsibility, quite frankly, to do that. And it's going to make a huge difference in people's lives. Use social media. You're going to use it, use it to encourage people. Use Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you know, and just be, say positive. Build up, do not tear down. Yeah. All right, so that's the whole deal that we have. So this next thing is going to shock you, all right? So you really fasten your seatbelts. They did a three-year study. And of course, there's studies and there's studies, but this is the one I came across. And they found that most school teachers were 75% negative and critical in dealing with their students. Wow. You're talking about the raising up of the next generation that need massive, massive encouragement to be believed in, 
Wow, if that is, I don't know, I just hope it's not true in New Zealand. And if you are a teacher, I'm sure you're different. And if you're not, get different real fast. Positive, positive, positive. Four positives for every negative. That's what we need to do. That's how we need to think in our lives. So we've got to learn to speak encouragement. Please stand to your feet. Because we're going to give you 30 seconds, just a moment, don't move yet, to find someone to encourage. But some of you say, I don't know what to say, so it's coming on the board. There we are. I love your outfit. You're so gifted. You sing with passion. There's seeds of greatness in you. The way you listen to Pastor Tuck is inspiring. Thank you for sitting next to me. 30 seconds. Go. Find someone. Encourage them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's enough. It only takes 10 seconds. I gave you 30. Does anybody feel encouraged this morning? Give me a wave. Okay, there's a couple of us. So we encourage with our actions. See, actions speak louder than words. And our actions need to match our words if we're to truly encourage people. Some people just need a warm touch or a hug or something like that. Sometimes, not often, I get a card or a text from someone. I got one 25 years ago, I recall. (laughs) It's no special occasion, just an encouragement. I may be having a bad week, whatever it is. But while the words are comforting and encouraging, what I realized was it took this person some real effort and action to send me the encouragement. You see, sometimes there's an action required on our part to get that encouragement across to the person that we are wanting to encourage. Ephesians 4.29, that everything that you say be done be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So on Saturday, we've got good neighbors. Why not encourage your neighbor? Yeah, we encourage one another. We encourage in church. But hey, if you encourage your neighbor, the Bible says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. When you have love one for another, do something good for your neighbor. Be kind to them. Have a coffee with them. Send them a cake, whatever. You know, just go and have a little chat across the fence, whatever it is. Mow their lawn or something like that. And while you're at it, mow my lawn as well. Thank you. Whatever, just encourage. You know, the church needs to be known as a place of encouragement. We want West Auckland to know that Church Unlimited is here and it cares. We're not just here, but we also care. Best way you can do it, go and encourage your neighbor. It's good neighbors on Saturday. Go and be a good neighbor in Jesus' name. So they did an experiment of how long a man, they put him in a bucket of freezing, freezing cold water. He stood in there. And they timed him, how long could he stay in that, those adverse conditions? Then he got out. Sometime later, they put him back in the, a bucket of freezing cold water, just as cold. But this time, someone stood next to him, like the Parakletos, but a person stood next to him to encourage him yeah. to stay in that water and to speak words of, 
of a blessing and, and say, hey, you can do this. Hey, you can stay a bit longer. You know, you, you've got what it takes. Da-da-da-da-da. Guess what? Would you believe the person was able to stay in that freezing cold water twice as long? That's the power of encouragement. It adds incredible strength into people's lives, especially when they're facing adversity. It strengthens them through the battle and the challenge they may be facing. So there was a legend of a man who stumbled on a red barn. It was Satan's storehouse of seeds to be sown in human hearts. The containers were labeled discouragement. There were more of those than any others. And um, the question was asked, why are there so many of these discouragement seeds? And this demon, foremost demon, one of them came along and said, because they take root so quickly and they're so effective. So man asked, do they grow everywhere? Apparently the demon glared at him in disgust and said, no, they don't. He said they never seem to thrive in the heart of a grateful and thankful person. We're thankful and grateful, friends. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thankfulness, friends. Start every day like I do. I start with thankfulness. I just thank God for whatever I can thank Him for. If you can't think of Him, thank Him for the clothes that you've got to wear. Thank Him if you had a breakfast. Thank you that there's water to drink. You know, just thank Him that you're safe. Thank you that you managed to wake up and you have breath in your heart. Find things, and that will change your life. Discouragement will flee, and encouragement will pour in to your life. Gathering with God's people is a massive key. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is a manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. We underestimate the impact of gathering together with God's people. When we miss church, friends, it opens the door for the enemy to come in, to sidetrack us, to lose our love and our fire for God. The pull of the world increases and we lose connection with God's people. Friends, can you make a decision? We're trying to develop a culture across Church Unlimited that we're a people, that we're in church every single Sunday. We're not every second Sunday Christian, every third Sunday, every fourth Sunday. No, we are here every Sunday worshiping God, hearing His Word, bringing our kids along. Friends, that's one of the greatest gifts you'll ever give your family is be in church every Sunday. Every Sunday. And watch what God will do. It's so very, very important in our lives. Man visited a church. He was warmly greeted by the people, never seen again. He died, left his entire inheritance, estate, $178,000 to that church. They couldn't understand. They didn't even know the man. Didn't even know he'd been there. The lawyer, man's lawyer said, that, this, that he gave this money because years ago he was sad and lonely like a lot of people are. He stopped at the church. The welcome was so friendly, he never forgot the kindness shown to him. So he left his entire estate and inheritance to the church. So friends, be friendly, be, be friendly to everyone. Why do you think I stand on the door? You think I love you? Forget it. I'm waiting for inheritances. At the end of the first service, one man left and he said, the check is on its way. I said, give me your name and phone number. The word of God, Romans 15, 4, though we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. Friends, when I've been discouraged, I'll tell you the truth again and again and again. God's encouraged me from this book. Get into soul food. Get into soul food, friends. 
Because when you need encouragement, you'll know how to read this book and you'll receive encouragement from heaven above. It's one of the best things you can possibly do. Padawiski was a famous pianist. He was scheduled to perform in the United States. His mother, a mother went with a nine-year-old son. He got a bit bored and he wriggled away and he ended up onto the platform and he got behind the, the, the grand piano, whatever it was, and he began to play chopsticks. The crowd began to shout, get him out of there. Padawiski hears what's going on. He races onto the platform, goes up by where the boy is and stands behind him, puts his arms and stretches them around the boy playing the chopsticks. And he begins to play with the boy. And as they're playing the boy with her together, he says to the boy, don't stop. He said, you can do it. Keep going. Keep on playing. And together, they put on a masterful performance. That's what God can do for us. Amen. You may be struggling to keep going. He comes alongside and he says to you, don't quit. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Together, we can put on a masterful performance. In life, we all need some Padawiski or Barnabas who says, keep going. Hang in there. Don't quit. You can do it. You are good enough. Life can be tough. Make a decision today to be an encourager. Ask God to fill your heart with massive encouragement for others, because with that, people will rise to their potential. Church Unlimited will explode with growth and impact in our community, city, nation, and nations of the world. Let's develop a culture of extraordinary encouragement in Jesus' name. Let's stand together, shall we? Please don't disappear right now because right now we're going to encounter God. If you've come here and you need some kind of a, a breakthrough in your life, some kind of encouragement, the next 10 minutes is designed specifically for that. We're going to sing, I heard his name. He called my name and I came out of the grave. Whatever grave you've got in your life, and there's so, everyone's got a grave, a grave of discouragement, a grave of fear, a grave of addiction, a grave of financial strife, a grave of job problems, career problems, family problems, relationship histories, unforgiveness, bitterness, health, sickness, marriage, whatever it might be, friends, we've got a grave. But right now, He's going to call your name. And you're going to come out of your grave if you can dare to believe. See, friends, for the next 10 minutes, you can either stand there and sing along or you can engage with every ounce of your being and say, God, I'm after my breakthrough today. I'm after my miracle today. God, I'm coming out of my grave. Believe me, friends, I've got a grave I need to get out of. I've been fighting for some time and I'm asking God, God, get me out of this grave in Jesus' name. He's about to call your name. Let's go, team.